Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. That was awesome, guys. So let's, let's pray real quick and then we'll get right into the word. Thank you. Father, just thank you for, for, for being with us. Thank you for the beautiful day and the sunshine. And I just ask that you let, let, let your sunshine and, and your love and your light just shine into our hearts this morning as we share about Jesus. And, and Holy Spirit, I just submit myself to you. Speak through me this morning and get across what you want, want said. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, I'm going to start this morning in um, Daniel, and it's Daniel chapter 2, and it, um, I'm going to start in verse 20, while you guys are looking for that, um, it, it's good to see you guys, I um, had my wife's birthday last time, and um, we hadn't been able to get away with just me and her for like a year and a half, and so I was like, you know, we're going to go do something and do something to celebrate each other, and so it's not hard to celebrate me. I mean, look at me, you know. <laughs> but every once in a while, you need to have a, a special day. And so I called. We have a, a certain hotel and a room we like to get, and it's really hard to get rooms in in, um, in Leavenworth. And so um, I called, and I was like, you wouldn't happen to have this this room open. And they're like, I, I don't even want to look. You're wasting my time. And I was like, well, look. And she's like, it's open. <laughs> And so I was like, thank you, Jesus. And so sometimes we got, got more favor than we think we do. If we'll just um, stretch out and trust God and say, you know something? You'll make a way for me. And we can expect God's blessings. And so we went to Safeway and off over there. I was like missing horses and saw this horse. And so I was like, I want to ride it. <laughs> I usually get paid to ride. But they're gonna, I'll, I'll pay to ride this one. So I got on, got the money out, put it in and off goes the horse. Well, I didn't realize it was going to take off like it was, and it flung me backwards and off, and my foot hung in the stirrup. So this horse was going like this, back and forth, and I was like screaming for help, and so finally the manager of Safeway come out and unplugged it. (laughs) And I didn't break any bones. So it's a good sign. So moral of the story is watch when that thing takes off, you know. Right? So, um, this morning, I'm going to start in, in Daniel. Let me read this real quick, because, well, I might take my time reading it, but I'm going to read it now. It says this in 20, Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and opposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the, to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God, my, God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power, and you have made, made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of a king. So here Daniel, we think we get pressure, man. 
Daniel's got this king coming to him and say, interpret my dream. It's like, no problem. And then he goes to God and gets his buddies praying. He's like, we better pray, right? And so, and this is how Daniel prays. And I, and I love how he's praying because he's not praying saying, oh, I hope God hears me because if not, I'm going to go to heaven and I'll, then I'll, I'll just be done. He's praying. He's, he's got faith to that prayer and he's, he's addressing God like he's just not some ordinary, you know, non-powerful being he's addressing god like he's all-knowing he's omnipotent he's the king of the universe which he actually is right and so in his prayer he he's honoring him and that's one of the things i've learned when when i pray is a lot of times as we think well you know what i'm going to pray and i and number one a lot of times we don't think god likes us enough to answer our prayer right but what if we don't think he can do it or what if we don't think he will do it Right? And so, and I can erase all those right now because I can tell you, God has your picture in his wallet. When he goes to the grocery store and they're like, how's your kids? He pulls it up and it's your picture. And he's like, man, I love this, this daughter. I love this son. Look at him. Look how cool he is. Look how cool she is. That's how much he, he loves you so much that he knows the number of your hairs or the numbers that not are in your head. You hear what I'm talking about? How many of you know how many hairs your kids have? Right? Some of us, like, like we don't have my friend Teddy Bear, he has no hair, right? So it's easy for him to count, right? <laughs> but it would take me a week, right? And so, so, but he loves you so much. It, the Bible says you're the apple of his eye. And so there's so much about our father that he's like, I love you and I want to be in relationship with you and I want you and I want you to be in my life. Right. You don't. I mean, why would you count someone's hairs if you didn't care about them? Right. Right. That's pretty cool. And that that makes me excited um, for for what God wants to do. But so here here's Dan, Daniel praying. And, and I love this. I want to read this one more time. Because I want you guys to get this. Then Daniel ple- praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. So he goes in, in with an attitude of praise. He's like, I'm going to praise you. So when we go and pray, we need something. Man, Dad, you're so cool. I remember when I need something from my dad. You know what I'd do? <laughs> I wouldn't go, oh, Dad, could I please have that? Sometimes I did, right? But like, Dad, man, you look great today. You're just glowing. You're so smart. And then he's like, what do you want? Right? Right? And so that's how I approached God, too. It's like, hey, Daddy, (laughs) you're so awesome. You're so omnipotent. You're so powerful. And Daniel's like, you know what? That's how I'm going to approach God. And that, do you know why we approach him like that? Because he deserves every bit of it. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. Not, not if he never done anything else for us but give us Jesus and allow us to receive Jesus into our life, we'd never owe him anything. We didn't deserve that or, or, or earn that. So he deserves that honor. He deserves that praise. And so when we come in, we can, yeah, daddy. I'm going to praise you. And then he says, then he tells him what he does, right? He says, you, 
He changes the times and the seasons. You set up kings and depose them. You give, give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. You reveal deep and hidden things that you know. You know what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. So do you know what he's really saying to, to God? He's saying, you know the times and you know the seasons. You know what's coming around the corner, right? And you can steer me. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. It's a good thing that they're ordered by the Lord because we can step. And when we're in sync with him and moving with him, we know where we're going. That's what, with horses, the very first thing I got to do is I got to get control of their feet. People are like, well, how do you get that horse to do all that? It's just in their feet. What do you mean? Well, where their feet go, the body goes, right? So it's like, duh, it's common sense. But everybody gets on and they're trying to make them go their whole body and they can't even move one little foot. I mean, they need a clue, right? So I like, just, just move that little foot. Just, just give me one little step. And that's how God is with us too until we learn to trust him. He's like, just move it. So I can get that foot. I'll get one foot to move just a little bit, and that horse will move its foot. And then I'll be like, that was so good. You're so brilliant. And the horse is like, yeah, I kind of (laughs) am. Then I'll go, move this foot. Then pretty soon I can move that foot. And I just don't want him to move that foot. I want him to move that foot where I want. So I just don't want that rear end to fling around. A lot of people watch me, and they think that's what I'm doing. I'm not. I want that that, that inside foot to step under. I want it to step where I put that foot. And pretty soon, I can take that horse's feet and move it all around. I can move it onto a tarp. I can move it over stuff. And then pretty soon, I'm getting on them. And when I get on them, and they've learned to connect that line with their feet, right? We have a line, too. Do you know what it's called? It's called tikva, right? It's like an umbilical cord. It's like a rope. And it's what? faith is it's hope right it's the hope that we have and that's what we're connected to god to is with our hope and with our faith and so as i move those horses feet around i get on them and i've already taught them this is your hope this is how you move around and so i don't have to take very much pressure and that cold already knows i'm going to go this way because it's connected to my feet i'm going to go this way because it's connected to my feet and we're stepping right righteous just means in right standing Right now, that horse might step a lot of different ways for me, and when he does, I'll let him make a mistake. I'll let him make all the mistakes he wants because the more mistakes he he makes, he's closer to figuring it out. We're so hard on ourselves because we fall. In Proverbs, I think it's chapter twenty-four. It says, "A righteous man falls seven times." It didn't say an evil man. It didn't say someone who was trying to figure it out. It said a righteous man falls seven times, but he what? He rises up again, right? So, so if a righteous man falls seven times, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. When he looks at you, he don't look, oh, you fell. You're no longer my kid. Oh, he's up again. He's my kid again. Oh, there he goes. No, you ever, like our little kids when they're walking, you ever see them, right? They start to learn. They're like, they're like, that's not good enough. <laughs> right? They fall. 
well, you're not my kid now. And then they crawl up. Okay, you're my kid again. Then they fall again. I mean, how stupid is that? I mean, the stuff that we relate to God is just ridiculous. It's not even, the Bible says, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will our Father in Heaven give us good things? Amen? And so, we can take that pressure. And I want, I want you guys to, I, as I want me, I want everybody. That's what, that's what burns me inside. The what lights my fire that I want to get out to the whole world is because it's about God's goodness and it's God's grace. And when we realize and we walk in relationship with him, we don't want to go do anything else. We want to stay hooked and we want to stay connected. That horse I was telling you about, those other guys will hop on and those horses will buck around and go all over. But when, when, when it really comes down to it and something goes wrong, something scares them, do you know what they do? They go to the hot dog stand. Right? Do you know what happens when something scares my horses? They look for me. They, they run to me because they know that there's safety. They know that there's security. They know that there's a relationship. Right? And so, so sometimes growing up, I'd get in trouble. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> right? So like one time, I, um, my sister was brushing her teeth, and they... They had toothpaste, and then they had a tube of being gay. And I was using the toothpaste. And she's like, I want to run. She's, she's a whiner anyway. <laughs> I hope she hears this. I need to send her a copy of this, right? So anyway, she's whining. I want to brush my teeth. I want to brush my teeth. I was like, fine, here. And instead of the toothpaste, I accidentally grabbed the being gay. But it might not have been an accident. So she grabs and puts that on. And she goes like this. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard the sounds coming out of a human being like that. <laughs> it was so cool. Right? Mom, mom. Mom comes in there. What happened? What happened? I, this toothpaste's not good. I was like, that toothpaste is horrible, Mom. Right? So I kind of... Almost got in trouble, but I kind of almost didn't on that one, right? And so, so, but what if I would have gotten in trouble, right? Right? Like, I did get in trouble one time because we got new bikes. And, like, I was, we were out riding bikes with my friends, and one of my friends busted his seat. And he's like, man, I need a new seat. And I was like, well, what kind do you need? And he goes, like, something that's like on your sister's bike. <laughs> I was like, how much money do you have? like I got like I think it was like five bucks back then I don't remember it was like in the 1800s (laughs) and so so I was like okay so I took the seat off and sold her her seat parked it in I was thinking oh man what am I gonna do now and my sister comes in crying my bicycle the seat's gone so mom and dad are like you know it's okay we'll buy you a new seat will someone come and need another part so guess what I did? I became the parts man. And it was working out good because they'd buy her new, new parts. Finally, they locked it up. And I was like, ah, I got this worked out. And so they had these like little briar horses, and I loved horses even then. And so I was buying these, you know, 
where are you getting the money for this? And then they figured it out when I sold something when it was locked up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to go to dad, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, not wanting to go to dad and saying, yeah, dad, man, I did bad, but I made a lot of money. You'd be proud of my business acumen, <laughs> right? Because I really don't think that he felt that way about it. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? So, so instead, like, I'm wanting to run because I know I'm in trouble, right? And I was in trouble, right? But how many of us, when we mess up, we run from God? We say, you know something? I, I, I can't deal with what he's going to do to me. I can't deal with facing him. Maybe, maybe we're ashamed Maybe we have guilt. Maybe we have things that are like, you know, I just can't handle this. And so instead of running to him, do you know what we do? We run from him. When he's a good God, he's a, he's a good dad. I have a great dad, and I'm proud of my dad. And um, My dad's a pastor, and when I was younger, I went to a youth or a kid's re- Revival at a different church that my that my dad didn't pastor because they had like all kinds of kids and my music teacher lived next door to us and drugged me over there. I was like nine years old, so they give the altar call and I was, you know, I felt convicted and and I needed Jesus and so I went down and I gave my heart to Jesus. So they all gathered around. They're like, "Come on in, young man." Let's, let's talk to you about Jesus. Who are you? What's your name? Well, I'm James Mays. Mays? Mays? Doesn't your dad pastor that church? Are you related to the pastor? Yeah, that's my dad. Then all of a sudden they started acting kind of funny. <laughs> They're like, oh my, like, like it was something bad that a kid, another pastor's kid come in and I, when they started acting, I read off of it right away. And I thought, I messed up. How could I get saved at this church? Right? What is going on? Right? So I'm thinking, i got to go home now. And I'm going to have to tell my dad how this went. So I walked in the house. And my dad's like, hey, how are you doing? How did it go? Oh, I thought I had at least ten minutes. <laughs> and I was wanting to run because I was like, I, I felt guilty. I, all I did was give my heart to Jesus, but I felt guilty, right? And I felt ashamed because I thought maybe I'd done something that had hurt him or hurt his name. How many of us are so hard on ourselves like that? But you know what I did? I walked in. He's like, how are you doing? He's like, what's the matter? It's like, I got saved. What? <laughs> what did you say? I said, Yes, Dad. I got saved. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. It was just like, my dad's like, whoa, whoa, what's the matter? Whoa, stop. He's like, you got saved? And I was like, yeah, I got saved. And he hugged me. And he said, I lo- I'm so proud of you. That's so awesome. But I was like, but Dad, it was at the other church. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care where you got saved. I just wanted you to know Jesus, and that's my greatest hope for you. That's my greatest dream for you, is that you know 
Jesus and who he is and how great he is for you. And you know something? It changed my life. It also changed my view of my father. And I realized I have a dad that I can go to when I have something wrong. Sometimes I don't really want to go to him as often. Right? But you have a father too. And he loves you. And I can't, I can't express that enough. He loves you so much that he gave his son, his only son, and his name was Jesus. So that you could be one of his kids. He's like the worst horse trader. I mean, if you're trading horses, like you don't trade your, your best horse so you can get a bunch of nags. That's what I felt I was. But he doesn't see it that way because he don't look at us as nags. He's like, this is the best deal ever. Right? Because mercy and justice met, and where it met, it provided an escape and a way for us. Where not only do we escape eternal judgment, but we get eternal life that starts not when we go to heaven, but starts right now. Amen? Amen. So we're talking about times and seasons, and we happen to be going through the 10 days of awe, right? I keep telling everybody, I don't need 10 days. I get 365 days because all I do is get up and look in the mirror, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> right? Right? You guys aren't supposed to laugh at that, <laughs> right? I'm gonna, you're going to give me a... a Complex, right? Right? If you want to give me a complex, give me the kind that has like different buildings in it. Right? Not that kind, right? Where was I at? Times and seasons, right. Okay, so we're in the 10 days of awe, right? And so it's from, okay, so we go in, we have the pointed times. And this is, this is what Daniel's talking about. And, and they're called Mo, Moedims, which means they're appointed times where you can connect with God. They're appointed times where you, where you can reach out to God. And that's why you have Passover, right, which is right before Easter. And then you have Yom HaBakarim, which starts the Feast of Firstfruits, but that, that means Resurrection Day, right? Then after that starts the counting of the Omer, which goes to Shavuot, which we know as Pentecost, right? Now, Pentecost... It's where the Holy Spirit fell. 3,000 people were saved. But it happened on the same day, right, as Shavuot. Do you know what happened on Shavuot? The Ten Commandments come down the mountain. And guess what happened? God said, you have to keep all of these. They're like, we can do it. We can do all of it. (laughs) And guess what? They made a contract. They had to keep I wonder what if they would have approached him and said... Do you know something? There's no way we can do this. We're doomed. You know what? I believe God would have had an answer for them, and it wouldn't have been through the law. You guys hear what I'm saying? They had a slave mentality, right? So but the, the Ten Commandments come down, and guess what? 3,000 people were killed that day. What's the difference? The law will bring death when you try to do it on your own. Well, I don't believe that's true. Look in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of the wilderness, right? God said, don't bring any strange fire, right? So they'd come in and they'd offer on the, on the altar of sacrifice, which is right into the courts of the temple. 
they'd have to take the ash from that to go into the uh, holy, the, into the tent of meeting and light the incense. Well, Aaron's two sons went in, and they're like, you know, we'll just use our lighter we got from the mini mart. <laughs> and you know what they did? They walked in, and they lit the incense, and, and they were killed. Boom. Right there. Why? Because it brings death. Why? Because they were trying to do it in the flesh. They were trying to do it without the sacrifice. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So anything that we offer to God that does not come through the sacrifice of Jesus that we try to be good enough for ourselves will bring death and not life. And so that's why we funnel it all through Jesus and say, yeah, we're in a new covenant, right? But there's still lots to learn. I don't approach God and say, yeah, I got it all together. You know, you can just kind of take a break and work on those over there. You know what I'm talking about? I don't do that. Because that would be the biggest lie. I need him more than anybody in here. And I needed his finished work more than anybody in here. And that's why I love him so much. Because of what he did, right? So, but all those, all those Moedims are, are, were shadows, right? The feasts are shadows. Then we come from Shavuot. We go all the way to the month of Elul, which we just left, Right? And then we come up to Tishri, which we're in, we're in Tishri last Sunday. It was the first week of Tishri, which is actually Rosh Hashanah, which is ahead of the year. Now watch this. They're shadows until Jesus comes on the scene. Passover was a shadow until God brought the Lamb. Right? Resurrection Day was a shadow until Jesus rose again. Pentecost, Shavuot, was a shadow Till the Holy Spirit fell. Now it's there. Now we're going into a lull, which is a time where the king literally comes off of his throne and comes down and comes to the field and says, I'm my beloved's and he is mine, his banner over his me, me is love. And then we go to Rosh Hashanah, which is ahead of the year. It's actually the, the time where, where um, the Jewish people believe that, that Adam was created on Rosh Hashanah. So the whole world was created on like a little 25. So anyway, not the only thing that happened. Moses' ark, or not Moses' ark. (laughs) Noah's ark landed on ground on Rosh Hashanah. Rachel, Sarah, and Hannah all conceived on Rosh Hashanah. Isn't that powerful? So the Jewish people believe that's the day that God decides about life. God made a decision about life for you when he sent his son Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's for bondage that he set us free, right? No. It's for freedom he set us free. Right? So here, we just had Rosh Hashanah last Sunday, and then they have Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Okay, so now the atonement means that I'm just going to cover it up. Right? Basically, it means it's going to cover it for one year. Right? So they'd bring one bull on Yom Kippur. They all dress in white. Now, you think of God's judgments. When I think of judgment, I always think of, oh, man, this is bad. Right? But it's not always bad. You can have good judgments, too. So they spend these whole ten days 
getting ready for the day of judgment. So when they come to the day of judgment, they know that they're going to get judged in God's favor. You know what? We can go before the throne of God freely because of the Lamb of God was, that was slain because of Jesus. So we can walk boldly, right? And say, hey, here I am, Daddy. And it's not because of us, it's because of what He done, right? But so now they're go, we're coming up to Yom Kippur and we come to Yom Kippur, we can go, yes. But on Yom Kippur, Yom, that's a tongue twister, try to say that three times, especially for an Okie, right? So Yom Kippur, they had, Aaron's family would have to offer a bull, and they'd do that for the priests, Aaron's family. And then they'd have two goats, and they'd have a box in their hand, and one would say for the Lord, and the other one would say Azazel. So they'd go to these two goats, and they, they were pure. And they'd put it, oh, they didn't know which was which, but they'd put it over their head and open the box. One would go to the Lord, it would go right to the temple and be slaughtered. The other one is called an escape goat. That's what Azazel means, right? So they would take the scapegoat and they would take it out of the city into the wilderness and then they'd leave it there, right? Well, here's something that's really, really cool. It's not, it's kind of cool, right? So they'd take a, a scarlet thread that was dyed in, was dyed, and they'd put it around the neck of the one that went to the to the altar to be sacrificed, and then they'd wrap the other one around the horns of the Azazel, and they'd send him out, right? Now watch this. Wrong way. Here in Isaiah, he says, hear the, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the law of the God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? says the Lord, I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and of fat and, uh, and of oil fat and animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who, at, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my court, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbath, and convocations, I cannot bear your evil assemblies, your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. And when you have spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Please plead the case of the widow, and then it gets better. So I'm in in Isaiah chapter 1, and I started in verse 10, and I'm going to end in 18. Watch this. I've got three minutes to get two hours worth of stuff in. Okay? So here they're having Judah, like Israel's already gone. Syria's already going to take them away. The judgment's like Isaiah's prophesying more to Judah than he is to Israel, right? In fact, Judah ended up getting, or they believe that a lot of the tradition says that Isaiah ended up getting cut in pieces because they didn't really like what he was saying, right? But what was happening? They were putting more emphasis on the thing than on the creator. 
They were coming and they were like, you know something? It, it's, it's not about God. It's about us. And they were just kind of doing it out, out of maybe obligation rather than with their heart. Maybe not even have an obligation. But, but God was like, do you know something? I don't desire your sacrifices and stuff. That's not the reason I had the sacrifices. I had those sacrifices so that I could have your heart. Because that's what he wants. He wants our heart. He's like, man, this is, a, this is a Band-Aid, is what it was. He's like, I don't want you to seek a Band-Aid to cover something, and then just to do it out of being legalistic. He said, I've got something for you that's going to wash you white as snow, and it's going to wash you, wash you clean completely. And do you know what that is? It's a picture of Jesus. And here they're taking it lightly, and God's like, that's my son. And even before he gave his, gave his life, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, day, today, and forever. Like, how many of us take Jesus so lightly in what he did? When we can say, do you know something? I'm going to give my whole heart to you and all my heart to you, right? And so this goat they would take out of the city, and with that linen, they would uh, leave it. Now, the guy who took it out had to um, wash when he come back. And sometimes um, if the scarlet thread turned white, then it meant that God had forgiven. Not their sins, it was for guilt. Now watch, the one went to the sacrifice altar for sin. The other one was a guilt offering. You know, you can be forgiven of your sins and still be guilty. Feel guilty. It's not that you are guilty. It's that you feel that way. Maybe you've done something yesterday or ten years ago and you just can't let it go. You know, God provided an scapegoat. Jesus was taken out of the city to be crucified. You don't have to feel that guilt and that shame anymore, Right? So in the, in the temple, actually that was in the wilderness, when they get into the temple, they didn't want to take any chances because like, a goat would go out and die. And when it died, the thread, like the sun and the weather, would bleach the thread. And the thread would turn from red to white. So when people would walk out in the wilderness, they'd look and they'd run across it. Yeah, God accepted the sacrifice. I'm free. Now watch this. When they got to the temple, the sacrifice they were a little bit more touchy about it, right? There's a lot more people. One of those things come into town and had red on there. It caused a big, big commotion, right? So they would take the, the goat and they'd take it to a cliff and they'd back it off, flip it over, and it'd go down like that. They were making sure that dude didn't get up, right? Some, and here's what's so cool about God. Some of the writings of the rabbis say that when it left the cliff, by the time it hit the ground, the linen would be white. Now think about that. Sometimes we try to do things in our own power, and God says, I'm just going to do it myself. I receive that. So here's where Isaiah... 118 comes in and he says this come now 
Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Isn't that awesome? If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. What does that mean? Are you going to come into obedience with what he says is obedience to faith? I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to try to do it on my own. And when I do that, I know that I'm clear. I know that I'm, I'm in right relationship with you. I have two minutes, right? Watch this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's Romans 12, um, 1 through 2. I know we had a... We started off with Daniel, and he he was interpreting a dream of a king. But I want you to know, you can live with the dream of a king. Now, I'm not talking about Martin Luther King Jr., right? <laughs> I have a dream. That was a great, great man and a great dream. God's got another dream for you. And it's, I don't want anyone to perish. But I want everyone to have eternal life. And that life is only through Jesus and Jesus alone. So if you're in here or you're out there and you don't never accepted a relationship with Jesus, now is the time. All you have to do is bow your head and say, Father, just forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. Come into my heart. And I accept you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, let someone know. And we'd be glad to pray with you. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.